Okay, Josh, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You're gonna be fine. Uh-huh. It's uh -huh. all good. You know, I was feeling really good after, uh, you know, we dove through the exit in Breakable Mist Zone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I didn't expect that we were gonna end up at a dissertation. Right. Or a, a dissertation after party, in fact. Or maybe some people are calling it a magnum opus. I heard in yes. the comments. Um, and that was great. It and was the, great. Um, Whoa, steady, steady. The after party, though. Yes. I did not expect, um, you know, the the drinks to be on the house, and I took advantage. <laughs> You know, I don't remember you're having a problem with blue potions before, but, um... Well, you know what? It was a celebration. It's all good. I got you. I'm the designated walker in this overworld. All right. So, we're gonna... We're gonna head into our, our episode, I guess. Are you ready for the next zone? Yeah, it looks like we have a choice. Uh, gradual pipe zone... Or in certain breeze. Now, I don't think I've had too much to drink. Um, and I don't think you've had any at all. What do you say? Gradual pint zone? Uh, you know what? Just come this way. Oh, okay. I'm thinking that this is... This is the better choice. We're going with uncertain breeze. Uncertain breeze. We can come back to gradual pint zone maybe later. But for right now, I think you need to rest. Okay, here we go. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to the VGM Jukebox. I am Emily. And I'm Josh. Each week we play tunes recommended by you, our patrons. We also read your testimonials. And we're going to start today with... A track recommended by Super Kicks all day long. The game is Fortified Zone, and the track is called Zone Three. Well, I almost, <clears throat> I almost burped up a little bit right there. <laughs> what can we, uh, what can we crush these sugar crystals into to help you out? Like, what's a thing that you take to like coffee? Do you yeah. want coffee with sugar in it? Sure. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. We'll put this Game Boy uh, into coffee. This was. Composed by Tsukasa Tawada. all day long, writes, There's an undertone of sadness to this song. I don't really want to fight you, but I kind of have to. 
because I'm a soldier. <laughs> Brilliantly succinct super kicks. Before we look it up, mm -hmm. do you think Fortified Zone is going to be a sci-fi thing or a medieval thing? Oh. Maybe it'll be a modern day thing. Oh, maybe. I'm going to go with modern day. Are you going to give it a check? Sure, now that we made a game. Now that we've placed our bets. <laughs> Um, okay. <clears throat> Fortified Zone's plot follows two mercenaries named Masato Kanzaki and Mizuki Makimura as they infiltrate a literal fortified zone where they must take on mercenaries, soldiers, robots, and monsters before destroying the central complex at the Fortified Zone's heart. Wow. So it was all of those things all together. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Monsters yeah. that can count as medieval robots. It does, yeah, it's like you know uh, the Japanese side dimension of mercenaries. Yeah, just stuff. it runs parallel to the ninja dimension. There are ninjas in the Japanese dimension, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got everything in there. Not everything. Not everything. Well, what's it missing? Hamburgers and French fries. Oh, I see. No, I... Cherry Coke. <laughs> um, Star Wars is not in there. Really? Is it not popular over there? Oh, I don't know. They didn't invent it. I don't think oh, it's I super popular, actually. I see what you're saying. I don't That's think it's super popular. Have you ever known somebody who's lived in Japan for a while and then told you the foods they couldn't get that they missed the most? Um, no, why? Or any other country, I guess. It's kind of funny what'll come up sometimes. Um, I don't know. Do you know somebody like that? Yeah, some of Nathaniel's best friends lived there for for a while. And uh, they said that they couldn't get Chinese food the way we're used to here, because obviously Chinese food over here has been Americanized. Mm -hmm. I think they couldn't get... It was either Code Red Mountain Dew or Cherry Coke or something. And there was a third thing that I can't remember, but oh, that's what they were they craving. Oh, things they missed from America. I thought you meant things yes. they missed from Japan. No, no, no. Like food that they could not get over there. Oh, I see. The way they would. So when they would come back, then they would like buy a ton of that and just eat that to sort of satisfy that craving before they had to go back. Hmm. Yeah, when I went, I, uh, I remember I ate a pizza there and it just didn't taste the same. Was there, like, an egg on it? There was, like, corn on it, and, uh... <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that! Or maybe you mentioned this. Maybe you mentioned this, like, two years ago. Maybe. And I just thought it was a... It wasn't a pepperoni pizza. So I do remember having that feeling. Just like, what are <laughs> the pepperoni pizzas? <laughs> I have this really funny image in my mind of you're sitting at a table at a very pizza shop looking pizza shop in the inside and then having a full pizza put in front of you with corn on it and you just kind of like stare at it <laughs> silently yeah. like, this is not what I was expecting that's funny well I have a kind of hey. unrelated story to tell mm -hmm. today were you going to say something? you I can say something say, before I get into it Thinking of speaking of things that we're not expecting um, yeah, I have this really cool story that I wanted to tell because it just it warmed my heart today and it does have to do with 
retro stuff. So we're kind of, we're in the retro section. So I thought it was appropriate here. <clears throat> so I have a 2XL robot from the 1970s, the 1970s version. What this was, was it was a little toy robot that would play eight track tapes. And there were special eight track tapes made for it that would play trivia. And then it would ask you to pick the correct answer by pressing a button on the robot. And it would switch to one of the tracks on the eight track tape. And then if you chose correctly, they were, you know, reward you, celebrate. And if you didn't choose correctly, they wouldn't make you feel too bad. But it's a fun little toy. And, um, I really wanted to bring it into work to show my coworker, and I needed a certain tip for an AC adapter to plug it in. Mm. And it's one, I'm, there's like a lot to this, but basically I put a tip on an AC adapter wrong and I fried the robot. Mm. And I was so sad. And you know that you've, fried it because you smell it mm. you know you smell that burning rubber electric smell and i'm like no 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 and then it wouldn't play so i was very sad and i mm. didn't really know what to do so i went to the internet to see if there were any tv vcr stereo repair people in my area like the old school guys who can fix pretty much anything analog Mm-hmm. And I found somebody very close to my house, so I, I called him and I said, Hey, do you repair 8-track players? And he goes, 8-track players? Well, that's really interesting. I don't get a lot of calls about that. So I explained the 2XL thing. And he said, Yeah, bring it in. I'll see what I can do. So I bring it in. Now, when you walk into this guy's office, it looks like it's from the late 80s, early 90s. It's got wood paneling all over it. You know, he's got all of his certifications hung up, framed on the wall, dating from the 80s to now. Really cool. So I, I show him the robot, and he's kind of, like, intrigued, and he thinks it's kind of cute. So he's like, yeah, I'll look into it. I'll see what you did. So he's the one that opened it up and found out that I fried a part. And I did happen to have an extra. So he said, bring in the extra, and I'll swap the the part that you broke and then it should work again and i'm ecstatic because where else am i going to find somebody who's going to fix this old you know who's going to have the expertise to be able to do it and who's going to take on a silly little job like this so i go back today to pick it up because it's done and he details to me that not only did he fix the part that was broken by swapping it from what he calls the donor unit but anything he found in the donor unit that was in better condition than was in my primary 2XL, he swapped. So now the 2XL that I have is like in the best condition it can possibly be. And he did extra things inside for me and kind of like, you know, greased things and whatever. He like really went all out. And he said it was such a weird, interesting thing to do that he didn't do every day. Uh, And he was happy to do it. So, And then he undercharged me. So I Mm. gave him a big tip because, you know, he deserved this. And then as I'm leaving today, story's almost over. As I'm leaving today, I'm chatting with him and all this stuff. And um, he mentioned that he's retiring. And I was like, oh, you know, congratulations. When When are you officially closing shop? And he says, officially? Next Friday. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I fried this 2XL at exactly the right time to be able to bring it to the perfect person in the world who not only could fix it, but cared so much about his craft that he was going to super ultra fix it. So 
I just wanted to share that, that I, I think this guy is, is the greatest and it meant a lot to me. Mm. And, uh, you know, he's going to be retiring and moving to Florida. Enjoy your retirement because you deserve it. So isn't that sweet? That's sweet. And it's also sweet, I think, um, from his perspective, you know, that you brought in some weird old thing, you know, yeah. that everybody's bringing in their DVD players or something. Right. And they're like, oh, what? I could just buy a new one for like 20 bucks. Never mind. Right. Yeah, we had that conversation too. It was sad because he was saying, you know, I have to accept that this uh, this line of business is just not what it it once was. And it's just, it doesn't really have a place in the world anymore, really. And uh, he did say to me, (laughs) we had this funny conversation. Um, He was like, you know, uh, last week I didn't have any appointments. and, And let me just say, it's, you are the youngest person that has been here in five years <laughs> and I said really how old do you think I am he says well anybody walking in here who's younger than 45 is an anomaly wow. and I said I'm 32 and he says you're an anomaly mm. dictionary definition of anomaly you are it <laughs> and I just thought that was really funny so well I think he just needs to move to like a different area maybe I don't I mean it'll be hard the problem is there are people in like a people like you out there who are into analog technology and kind of like hipster neighborhoods but the problem about those is that the rent is like so high that it probably wouldn't support a business like that even though people would like it right um i wonder you know i wonder if there's going to be some kind of revival though with the the sudden surge in vinyl that we've talked about on the show about yeah. how CDs are the medium that's going out. So maybe there's going to be, that would be so cool if we went in reverse and someday this idea we had about a, you know, transcontinental Game Boy link cable system will actually be, everyone's going to have CRTs again. You just wait. The nation's going to wake up. <laughs> they're going to wake up and they're going to go, wait a minute. I can't play Duck Hunt anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly the landscape will completely change. Why are there so many pixels on my TV? <laughs> I can't even see them. <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining somebody going up to a 4K TV and like looking at it and taking off their glasses and being like, this just isn't right. I don't need this. <laughs> Cathode ray tubes. Anyway, that's well, my long story. Thank you for listening. I'm not certain, but I feel like there's a slight breeze blowing us this way. Oh, yeah? Do you feel it? Um, what kind of breeze? I'm uncertain about this <laughs> uncertain breeze. There's a lot of um, uncertainty. No, but I do. I do, you know, and I, I agree. I think we should sort of adjust a little bit and go this away. And uh, what do we find along the way? But another track! This comes to us from Mendozerman. Mendozerman? I'm going to call you Mendozerman, because that's what we do to words that end in man, Mendozerman. And welcome to the party. This is a new patron. So, woohoo! Ding, ding. I think there's still some, like, little sips in the bottoms of some of these cups here from the party last <laughs> night. Oh, yeah. So, help um, yourself. Oh, you're offering to them. I was going to discreetly move those oh, yeah. away. Um, but yes, please. Um, so Mendozerman <clears throat> has recommended another track from the game Einhander. 
This is Dawn. We've heard from this game before, but not this particular track. The composer is Kenichiro Fukui, and this was for the PlayStation. Here we go. Mendozerman writes, I heard music from this game in an earlier podcast while catching up on your feed and was reminded of this gem. Your progress in a stage is practically choreographed with the music, so if you die before hearing the end of the track, you typically restart at a checkpoint in the middle of a section, but not in the middle of the song. This means that you have to beat a section in one life if you want to hear the music in its entirety during gameplay, and you feel like a badass if you manage to pull it off during this difficult stage of the game. I think it's a great reward for expertly dodging and shooting your way through hordes of enemies. I hope you guys feel inspired to take on the world after hearing this. Great song. Good, good feel. Good ear feel. <clears throat> I did uh, used to play this game. That's right. That's right. You'd mentioned this. I probably have never beat a level in one life. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But I like that idea. Um, 
of making a song so long that you have to play very well to hear the whole thing. Again, yeah. kind of like Dig Dug was like that. <laughs> Yo, yep. Um, I don't. I think I remember what he's talking about with the music. I think if I remember what it is, it's like when you target the uh, the different bad guys, and you can like target a sequence of bad guys, and then your bullets will travel through them like in a rhythm. I believe. I see. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but I've also played a game like that. Res is like that. Yes. And then again, was Einhunter just like a sh regular shooter? I don't, you'll have to ask um, the internet. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know that I actually looked up any gameplay. I was fascinated by the cover art though of a hand x-ray. I don't know why, I just thought that was very cool. This track is so good. Keyglyph jam. Texture all over it. So much texture. This is like what I was listening to when I was on the cusp of high school and like trying to teach myself how to rave, except like a million times better than what I was pulling off of Napster. But this is the kind of groove that I was always trying to get into. You know what? I'm looking at gameplay footage now and I was tripping. It's not like that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I just made that up when he said the thing about the choreography with the music. So what is it? Oh, it's just a shooter. Mm. What makes it cool, kind of, uh, is that it, it's like you're shooting bullets instead of like little laser beams. So you have like a machine gun on your, on your, uh, you know, spaceship. Are you a spaceship? Yeah. You're like a spaceship, cool. but maybe you're around the Earth most of the time. Like, flying through old cities and stuff like that. Mmm. Yeah, it's definitely got, um, it's got a wind feel, I think. With oh, maybe yeah. a slight undercurrent of mech feel, but I really feel... <clears throat> this was sort of reminding me of, um, time tracks, and the way Brent had described that as, this is totally driving down a neon highway. Mm. I feel like I'm driving down a neon highway right now. It feels like you're driving down a neon highway in a hybrid car. Or an electric car. Yeah, uh-huh. It's very smooth. It's so smooth that, like, the wind feel is more of, like, a breeze. Like an uncertain breeze? Yeah, maybe that's what this level's all about. Listening it's to It's uncertain song. about, uh, your gas mileage. <laughs> yeah. I will say that about, uh, hybrid and efficient cars. When you first get them, you pay so much attention to that eco-meter when you're driving, when it shows you uh, not necessarily what miles per gallon you're getting, but if you are in the mode where you're only using electric power versus a mix of electric and gasoline versus full-on gasoline. Oh, I guess that's like the continuum from wind feel to mech feel. Mm. So you're exactly right. This mm -hmm. is that hybrid stage when you've just crossed into uh, adding a little bit of gasoline. <laughs> Josh Adachi, you're brilliant. I did it. <laughs> I did it. You did it. So uh, I see you're still in your basement. Is that I it? am still in my basement. Um, I was going to talk about that, but I was going to maybe take a break from monopolizing the podcast conversation. Oh, okay. 
and maybe I'll bring it in. We'll bring that in in a bit. Um, yeah. I was playing Sparadin's Gift a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Starbound. And it's a good game. I'm really proud of my house. I like it a lot. I wish I could make it bigger, but I don't want to destroy it to what I have to make it bigger. So it's kind yeah, of a yeah, yeah. little tiny conundrum. Um, there is one issue with the game that I'm getting over now, but which was pretty frustrating at first, which is just that I'm not used to playing a platformer with so many, uh, so many different equipment outlays or I don't know how to put it, but I have to be able to touch the numbers while I, while I have my, uh, left hand in the typing position. So we're so I'm imagining an interface of numbers, which are basically macros for actions or abilities. Yeah, for like weapons. And you set those up yourself for your own. Yeah, but they go up to six, which is like, it's pretty hard to reach over to six while you're on ASDF, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And so many of the times I've died, I've just been like pushing the wrong buttons. But here's the thing. That was my fault because really, most of the time when you're being attacked, you have time to look down at your fingers. Oh. (laughs) I just feel like I don't have any time and I feel really rushed. And then I, you know, I've died so many times from just like pushing uh, like the brightness button on my keyboard (laughs) Uh on accident. (laughs) So that's a little bit of No, I meant jump, jump. Oh. I adjusted the volume. Yeah. Well, that's super cool. I did but, get a laugh yeah. out of that tweet of yours where you said I, I spent so much time building my base in Starbound. So much time. Oh, period, yeah. period, period. <laughs> Actually, I spent the other, I think it was like last weekend or maybe two weekends ago, just uh, organizing my farm. Yes. Because at first you're just planting seeds because you're like gonna die if a carrot doesn't grow. But then you have so many seeds after a while and your carrots are next to, you know, you'll have like one carrot between a coffee tree and a cocoa plant. And you're right. like, Back what's from that when carrot you just doing? Like, yeah. And so I spent a lot of time just rearranging the little sprouts in my farm and I I was so satisfied afterwards that I almost didn't even want to play the game anymore. (laughs) I was like (laughs) Because it's going to get messed up. Yeah, if I pick a plant, then it won't be perfect anymore. Oh, the joys of inventory management. Uh I hear that for sure. Yeah, it's usually a chore, but then once I get into it, I can't stop, so. When, uh, Nikki and I, when I was out in California last, were playing Resident Evil 3 together. If we got to a point where both of us were a little bit too stressed, we would stay in the safe rooms and reorganize the inventory. Oh, <laughs> and, that's like, cool. Chill out with that. And then we would feel centered again, and then we could go out into the, the horrible zombie world. But yes. Yeah, I think Starbound's something a little beautiful bit like that. About What's that? Starbound's a little bit like that, too, because sometimes you die and you just don't want to go back out there. You have to, like, go collect your body, you know, if you want your stuff back. And it's like, oh, I yeah. have to mine all the way back through that planet again. I'm just going to pick some cotton <laughs> for a while. I'm just going to make some cloth. <laughs> Sell it. 
this resonates with me on a very deep level. <laughs> <laughs> good cycle, good cycle of gameplay in that, in that one. Mm. Well, I'm glad you're getting a kick out of it yeah. and making some awesome cloth. There's weather in that game too. It rains. Sometimes it's a little bit of a breeze. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, like this other one I'm feeling right now. Hmm, let's see where it takes us. Oh. It's another recommendation. This Wow. One, wow. It's like <laughs> this thought? breeze knows exactly where we should be. It's not mm. uncertain at all. <laughs> um, this was recommended by Joe P., for the game Pop and Music 11, Dance Dance Revolution Supernova. Track is Tino's White Horse, composed by Morning Blue Dragon, a.k.a. June Wakita. Released for that arcade thing that you jump on. Joe P. writes, Still going through your podcast and got up to episode 50 when I heard the name of a familiar arcade, Game Underground. Emily's heartwarming story about how Game Underground and their owner, my good friend Jamie, helped her out made the memories of my first experience at that arcade came rushing back into my brain. As a music gamer at heart, I am of course enticed by the music game tournaments around the area. They would hold monthly DDR tournaments and the community would gather at their first location to compete and try to outdance each other to some of the toughest songs there are. 
I, myself, always went for the technical songs. One of the trickiest songs on Supernova was Tino's White Horse. Just like riding a horse, this song has the feeling of galloping along a Mongolian countryside. And the step chart doesn't joke around on that. <laughs> this song was a favorite that we practiced a lot to get the trick, the trick you endings down. What's a trick you ending? Oh, probably they're trying to mess you up by doing something unexpected. Oh, okay. A trick you ending. It carried me into a huge interest in pop and music, which is undoubtedly the best rhythm game ever. Shoutouts to Game Underground. If Jamie didn't know about your sweet story about his establishment, I certainly made him aware, and I'm sure he's ecstatic about it. Currently, Game Underground is looking for a new location, hoping for the best of them soon. Oh, and apologies to Jamie for winning almost all of the DDR tournaments back then. Oh, oh sunglasses, deal with it. Sorry. Well, hey, welcome to the party as well, Joe P. And, uh... For obvious reasons, I love this testimonial. Mm -hmm. For all the reasons. I actually didn't check, first of all, I didn't check the date that Joe P had recommended this because Game Underground has changed their location a few times now. So I'm surprised that they're looking for another one, although they just keep growing and growing and growing. So I'm actually not sure what their first location was. I'm gonna guess it was the one that was on, uh, I think it was Temple Street. At that weird intersection, Joe P, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if that's the first, but that was the first time that I went to their place. And that's where I went to all those Keith Apicary concerts. Anyway, um, but I'm kind of glad that Game Underground found out about that, you know? Spread the love around. Because I wasn't exactly going to go in and be like, Hey, here's a card, you should listen to my podcast and talk about how great you are. Because that doesn't seem genuine at all, so... That's really neat that it somehow got through the grapevine. Wait, which Back story exactly Jamie. was this? Game Underground is an arcade slash video game store in my area. Mm -hmm. And I first... I can't remember... No, I went to them before I knew about Keith Apicary, I think. But Keith had a couple concerts there, and that's primarily why I went there. And... Uh, but they've they've moved into a mall and then they moved into a different space in that mall so they just kind of keep acquiring more cabinets and, and getting bigger and bigger that place is so cool let me tell you this they have one of the ninja turtles cabinets and jamie takes the marquee from it to every convention he goes to and he gets as many voice actors from ninja turtles as he can to sign it so it's like signed by Rob Paulson. That is so freaking cool. Mm -hmm. It is so cool. And they have some very rare Japanese arcade games like Pop and Music. I don't know where else you can play Pop and Music. And they also have a Jubeat cab, which I think is a very limited run of cabs. Anyway, awesome place. And I love that Joe P is a music gamer. That's really cool. I don't know that I've ever known somebody who 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 primarily identified as like a music game gamer. Hmm. It's cool. I remember people really getting really good at uh, DDR and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I kind of missed those days. Maybe they still exist somewhere out there. But I love seeing people just really using their whole bodies to play a game, like a really hard yeah. game too. Do you know that's how uh, Rob and Pernell of Rhythm and Pixels met? 
No way. Yeah, they were both as teenagers working in the same mall and at their lunch breaks would go to the arcade in the mall and play DDR and that's how they became friends. Was it one of those There's, double DDRs? I think so. There's a picture of it. They put on one of our previous fridges. They put up a picture of them um you know, posing badassfully on the machine, and they look so adorable because they're so little, you know? <laughs> cool. Yeah, so. Well, we're glad to have you, Joe P. Oh, yeah. Thinking about his, uh, you know, his situation right now, his time situation. He's, oh, yeah. He's mm -hmm. still in episode 50, so who knows when he'll get here. He's only halfway here. That's right. That makes me a little sad but not really because um well i'm kind of seeing everything through the lens still of that dissertation that we got from jt yeah and i think we should say something about it there's no way i could have expected the scope right and hilarity of that dissertation um mm -hmm. and one of the craziest things about it like i said the scope um, it goes from him really convincing me that there's like a spiritual dimension to digital files, you know? Yeah. Uh -huh. and it, it's true. Um, there's this really special part in the, you know, in the dissertation, which maybe I shouldn't spoil, but it really made me feel connected to everybody. Through, me too. Almost through too. the fact that there's no physical medium to what we're making you know what i mean yeah and the files yeah. that are going out that almost makes it like the appropriate time travel tool or something like that so thinking of joe p maybe getting to the dissertation in a in another 50 episodes he will be connected to us you know yeah through that file through that moment in that uh in that experience and the fact that it goes from that sort of spiritual high and then I think he recorded himself peeing on another part <laughs> and pulls it all off. Yeah. It's truly something. It's truly something. It to really behold. is. Yeah. Yes. It we were discussing this before we started recording and I was saying that, you know, I feel like this dissertation was birthed because there was so much labor involved. And, uh, you know, I was working with JT on it as the... Uh, Faculty advisor. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes, thank you, as the academic advisor, you know. And he was like, everybody always wants to know if there's a, you know, a time limit. And I said, yeah, yeah, like in between 45 minutes and an hour or something. And he was just like, he just kept checking in with me and being like, it just, it's just, it keeps growing and i'm like um you know just it's fine just keep going and then when i finally get the final file i'm like oh my god jt yeah it's an hour and 45 minutes and he's like i you know it just that's just how it is and so um it's and it's a consistent dense spirit yeah uh, yeah condension of of our lore and the fact that somebody cares that much Mm -hmm. about all these dumb ideas that we've had to create something so beautiful out of it. It's like, we we put the raw material out there and then we get this back. That's crazy. Yeah. And, um, but what really, what really drove it home for me was last night when I was getting the blog post ready and I was looking at his sheet of tracks that I had to input into that table. 
and realizing there were 33 of them. And I was like, oh my God, this is, mm. this is huge. Yeah. So. Speaking of how long it is, I, I think there's a little bit of a victory lap kind of built into it. Yeah. There's like a kind of a long cooldown where you think it's over and he tells you, don't worry, it's almost over. And there's still 20 minutes left or so. And I right. was, and it was like 20 beautiful <laughs> victory lap minutes. Uh, I've never been so, uh, so gripped by somebody whistling in the bathroom before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's so, and it's so funny. It's really, it's really something special. And he was so happy to make it. And I, I know that JT, this sort of spiritual thing that you're getting at, I know that what he has said he loves about this podcast, and a lot of people say this, is that it feels so community-oriented, because that is the point. It is built off of community participation and caring about each other and listening to what other people have to say and bonding over these shared experiences. And so he, you know, he, like, incorporated, well... I'm sure everybody's listened to it at this point, but it's not a spoiler to say that he, he tried to incorporate everybody. And yeah. I hope everybody feels the depth of care that he clearly put into all of that. He asked me for a list of all of the people who'd ever recommended tracks to the show. So I exported the file. And he was, like, sad that he couldn't read over a hundred names. He was like, I don't know that I can read all of them, and I feel so bad. Mm. So... JT is like, he's got the power of heart, and we need more of that everywhere. Yeah. Good job, JT. Do I have to say it? Greatest job, JT. <laughs> Greatest. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> well, I'm starting to feel that. Is that a brace? Is it just me? I don't know. I just find myself wandering in this direction now. It might just be you, but I'm going to trust you on this one. Go ahead. Oh, check this out. Okay. Oh, okay. What's this? This is from patron Joey Koki. He's recommending another track from Sonic Mania. This one is going to be Blossom Haze or also known as Press Garden Act 2. Composer T. Lopes. Consoles PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. All right, let's see what Mr. Lopes has for us today.
Joey Koki writes, This track paralyzed me. It feels somewhat nostalgic. Maybe in a past life I was a young girl in medieval Japan, watching the sakura blossoms fall, waiting for a young boy to ask me to the spring festival. Either way, this song rocks socks. Luckily, all of Portuguese composer T. Lopes' music for Sonic Mania is just as good. Hey, I think I see these, uh, the Sakura Blossoms as well. Whoa, look at that! And it almost... When did that start happening? <laughs> it might... It looks like, uh, there might be a slight breeze that they're following. It's uh -huh. kind of hard to see it if they're all... Yeah, they're all kind of caught up in this little breeze, but it's not taking them very far. Hmm. Just in little starts. Yeah, the pattern is not entirely random. Hmm. <laughs> For some reason, I'm imagining myself, like, analyzing the petals falling like I would analyze the patterns in a bullet hell shmup. Hmm. Hmm. Good track. I think my favorite... So, the track is jam, but... My favorite little detail is the crickets that happen at the end of, of certain passages that just go like chirp, 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 and they pan from ear to ear. That's so clever to incorporate mm. that as part of a song. I love that kind of cleverness. Are you still feeling like uh, T. Lopes is the coolest man in the world? Pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. He's up there. I get excited when he posts silly stuff to the internet. So, what's going on <laughs> with you? What's going on with me? This is a good track to do it with, I feel, because it's nostalgic but new. Mm. I don't know what that means. Um, Alright, so we are still in my house right now. I said in the last episode that that was going to be my final episode in the house, but I was wrong because my brain has turned to oatmeal with everything that's been going on and I just misjudged <laughs> how many weeks I had left. I believe that this will be the final recording in the house, which means next episode might be kind of a crunch week, unfortunately, but... Uh, there's a lot going on right now, so I'm, I'm very tired, but very excited and very hopeful. Um, this, this weekend is our open house. Our house just went on the market yesterday. It hasn't even been 24 hours, and we already have nine people scheduled to come through with their realtors by appointment. So that's people in addition to an open house. That's people who really want to buy a house. So we are psyched, but it's been... It has been so much work. I have I have been primarily the house uh, manager, I guess you would say, because my husband is working his new, very high stress job, and I'm home, so I'm doing the packing, the cleaning, the scheduling of things that need to get done, hauling carloads of furniture off to donation centers again and again and again. So not only mentally exhausted but physically exhausted as well but it feels awesome and it it's uh it's been it's been like a really you know I've talked before about going through my stuff and how emotional that experience is and a lot of weird emotional states have been cropping up that I wouldn't expect like the other night I was sort of like 
just crying in little fits and spurts like I'd be fine and then I would just like cry for like a minute and then I'd stop and I'd cry and I was saying to Nathaniel like I'm fine I'm totally fine I'm actually very happy I just haven't given myself time to kind of grieve about anything because everything's just been going so fast and it was very weird to feel sad about the passage of something that you know 100% in your heart is the right thing to do and that you actually feel good about but every so often you're just like, Duh, my stereo, uh, and then you're like, I'm all right, I'm all right. Ah, hmm. uh, my wood paneling, ah, uh, I'm all right, I'm good. So it's been quite a journey, but we really got it done. And it's it's also a, a really tangible, incredible um, effort of teamwork on the part of the married couple doing it. So it's really cool to have a, a player two to your player one or vice versa who's just as good at the game as you are, you know? Mm, cool, cool. Yeah. I like hearing that because I've got to do something pretty big uh, with my wife and we got to definitely team up on it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we have to plan our Europe trip. Ooh. That's not till June or so. Is there an occasion or just going to see the world? Her friend wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess it's an occasion. Um, Wait a minute. Am I feeling an uncertain breeze coming off of you a little bit here? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> it smells a little bit like boy deodorant. Thing We like to hang out with just the two of us sometimes, but sometimes we're not spurred to do the grandest things. Yeah. On our own. So, yeah, but that's part of my job is to make sure I design it in part for myself so I don't go crazy or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Despite the fact that I wasn't really a big part of the um, initial spark or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Oh, man, there's all kinds of stuff you could do over there. You could go meet... Alberto Jose Gonzalez. Mm, yeah. You know, you can meet Rob F. Switch in Paris. I know he's not there anymore, but I like thinking that, you know, you're you're over there on his coast, but you're actually more likely to meet in some other country. <laughs> well, I'll to listen me. to a Legacy Music Hour episode while I'm there, so it'll be almost more like he's there than if he was really there. Oh uh, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's a spiritual <laughs> element. Right, exactly. Uh, but no, I'm just kidding. But actually, I'm not going that far north or east, I think. I'm going to be very southwest. I've always wanted to see like the really old structures and stuff like that. So I think I'll get to do that. Neat. You know, like a, like a brick from 2,000 years ago. We don't have those in California. Right. Yeah, man. Can I just say... Speaking of house stuff, sometimes I just kind of peruse condo listings in Southern California just to like see how things are built and what they look like and how expensive they are and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, you've got houses that were built in the 90s out there. That's crazy. Everything out here is built in the 50s or 60s or it's a mega mansion that was oh. just built. So yeah, you guys are like fresh and new and clean. Oh. Can I mention something else? I actually don't remember if I... Did I mention the uh, the tile kitchen counters on the show? I don't know. All right. Random detail. 
um, Nikki is doing some work on her house. And she at some point said, and I really don't want grout in my kitchen. I really don't want tile grout. And I'm like, yep, reasonable. And then later on in the conversation, she said something about, uh, but you know, I, but I picked out, you know, tile for the floor. And I was mm. like, hold up. You just said you didn't want tile grout, but now you're talking about getting tile. And she's like, no, no, I mean for the countertops. Confused silence. And I'm like, what? And she's like, do you guys not have tile countertops? And I said, no, I've mm. never seen this in my life. And so now that I know about it, I see it everywhere. It's in Keith Apicary videos, in The Sims, if you buy a house in a Southern California looking type place, even in those games, they have tile countertops. Anyway, just thought mm. everyone would like to know, California does this thing that we don't do out here, and that is make countertops in their kitchens with tile. Fascinating yeah. detail. Yeah, we're very ahead of the curve in, in terms of like countertop styling. So you know what the latest trend is actually? What? Mahjong tiles. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, out, out here, we're still doing these um, these breakable mist kind of solid countertops. Mm. So, and those don't work out so well sometimes. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> Mahjong is the way of the precarious. future. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so awesome. But at least you can like make ice cream on it or something. Yeah, like Cold Stone. Do you guys yeah. have Cold Stone? Oh, we do, yeah. Yeah, I can knead my ice cream directly on my, very carefully on my breakable mist, but you don't want to do that because then you're going to get all kinds of nasty stuff in your mahjong grout. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a good <laughs> point. Well, I hope you have a great trip. Um, well, that's not for a it, while, but sure. Well, still, I mean, that's a lot of planning and Nathaniel and I balance very well in what we can handle. Like, I don't do scheduling particularly well. It stresses me out and he's been handling all of that but he can't pack. He'll pack, he'll put three things in a box and he'll just be like, I need to take a break, I can't do this. And so I just pack everything. Um, so it's nice that we, we complement each other's strengths and weaknesses that way that nobody really has to do something that is very difficult, you know? Mm. So maybe you'll be the scheduler or some such. Are you gonna like, so you want to see old stuff, but are you going to pack your schedule to the hilt, or are you going to, like, be more relaxed? I do not want to. Yeah, I want yeah. to be very relaxed. I just want to see, um, like, find hidden gems, you know? I don't want to be in a line the whole time, or even right. half the time. I'm actually more into the idea of trying to experience what it might be like for locals on some level. You know, yeah, that's what I do. L'Arc de Triomphe is cool, but seeing it from a bus is not quite as inspiring. And I'd rather just like sit in a cool cafe and eat a croissant and hot chocolate for breakfast because they do that and that's awesome. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm like really jazzed today. I'm really jazzed because I'm so exhausted, but there's so much good stuff pending. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not uncertain. I, I know exactly where I'm going. Yeah, I hope it's a little warmer by the time you get down here. It will be. It's kind of cold. No, never mind. A Californian should never complain about the cold. <laughs> it snowed yesterday here. Wait, what's There's snow? There's snow on the ground. Hmm? What's that? 
<laughs> yeah, right? Be quiet. Oh, is that when there's like a million white bunny rabbits outside? <laughs> For some reason? I, don't, I never really understood that. Is that like when everybody's really sad because they've been inside for three or four months and then they have one day of incredible weather in the 70s and then it snows the next day? Yes, that's what that is. Hmm. But yeah, oh, and just to alleviate any confusion, um, I am moving locally for the moment. I oh, am right, not, right. I'm not moving to California right now. I think that I've talked about multiple plans and so maybe I know at least one, one listener was confused. So I apologize that I'm not being more clear. Hey, this I get like, confused too sometimes. Yeah, this is the preemptive move. This is the weed everything down, get into an apartment so when we actually do transplant, we could just pick up and go and not have to worry about selling a house, getting rid of things, etc. Mm-hmm. Good plan, good structure. <laughs> it was not entirely of our own doing. We're just working the problem. I'm getting a little cold on my left arm. Is it some kind of breeze? (laughs) Sorry, that's just me. I'm standing a little bit too close to you and it's snowing on me. Oh, I see. Yeah, so... Also, you um, keep your circuits really cold. I hear... Yeah. yeah, It runs better that way, right? It does, yeah. I mean, it doesn't need to be this cold. I would prefer to turn this down a little bit, but I can't. Very powerful cooling system there yes <laughs> uh well anyways i i thought i had been sort of uh i don't know led over here by the wind but i don't know maybe it's just my imagination still but here we are <laughs> here we are and there is an audio testimonial to go along with this next track oh nice i'll brush the snow off while we get the track going it's from final fantasy 9 it's called You're Not Alone, <laughs> uh, composed by Nobuo Uematsu for the PlayStation. This is recommended by Marsh.
Hey guys, Marsh here. Uh, I'm a little hyped up right now because just 30 minutes ago, I actually saw Nobuo Uematsu and Yoko Shimomura in person. I just got back from a concert of Final Fantasy music at Carnegie Hall in New York, and they were there in the audience, sitting like a few rows away from me. Guys, it was incredible. A full orchestra and choir performed some of my favorite Final Fantasy songs as gameplay footage played on a big screen, and as each track began, the audience recognized it immediately. You literally heard people gasp when the first few notes from Final Fantasy X's to Xanarkin began, and I have to admit, I actually teared up a little during Eris' theme from Final Fantasy VII. I have thousands of video game tracks in my playlist, but there's maybe only five or six that made me feel something, and I don't mean feel something emotionally, I mean an actual physical response. Maybe there's a song that gave you goosebumps, or got your heart racing, or it made you cry. You're Not Alone from Final Fantasy IX is one of them. It plays near the end of the game when the main character is going through a crisis and he decides to face it alone. He keeps pushing his friends away, but they keep interfering to help him. As the title suggests, this is when he realizes he's not alone. I haven't played this game in 18 years, so why does this song still have such a big impact on me? There's a great YouTube channel called GameScore Fanfare that did a whole video just on this one song and why it's so powerful. My question for the listeners, are there songs that actually made you feel a physical response? That feeling, I think, is something you'll never forget. Oh, man. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. I just want to say right away, I love that I can feel how, like, turned up Marsh is during that recording. Also, Marsh, thanks for calling us literally 30 minutes after you saw Nobuo Uematsu and Yoko Shimomura, you know, and left us that message. That's really cool, man. We got to, we got some of the vibes wafting over here. Yeah. Across space and time. Yeah. That's cool. Sounds like a lot of fun. How physically do you think this affected Marsh? I don't think he tells us which which physical response he had, right? No. So like, gut punch, mm. chills, crying, Laughing. puking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Peeing. <laughs> right. I'm gonna go with goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to go with Goosebumps. I'm going to go with that chill that comes from perhaps a slight cold breeze wafting over one. So have you had this experience of uh, music physics? I feel like it's obviously a yes. Yes, all the time. Yeah. I want to think back. Do you remember that episode? I don't even remember when it was. When I literally doubled over and was screaming about how great the music was. Hmm. Oh. I'm gonna have to look back, and but I was like, I, we faded back in, and I was saying, I'm gonna die, Josh. They're gonna kill me with this music. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But yes, all the time I have this, I so think, I totally know what he's talking about. I don't honestly get chills too often um, from listening to music or like goose pimples, which is maybe yeah. why atmospheric music is less effective on me or whatever, because. Uh, it's like affecting uh-huh. the skin, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, lately, I've been when I do my Blue Aprons, you know, I put on some music, 
and I wait. Hold on. Rewind. You're what? You know Blue Apron? No. Blue Apron is a. We're not sponsored by them yet or anything. <laughs> but uh, Blue Apron is like this service. They send you a bunch of food to your house with recipes. Oh, okay, yeah, I've heard about this, but not by name, so I, I know of the convention. There are reasons why people are anti-Blue Apron, some of which are pretty reasonable, like, one, why don't you just make your own food from <laughs> food you buy at the grocery? Like, one, can you not be so freaking lazy? No, yeah. <laughs> I don't and actually agree with that standpoint, there, but I can see that being put forth. Yeah, people are just like, why change it, you know? Um... <clears throat> But one of the things that Blue Apron does is they like make it so you have to make everything in this really tight sequence. Um, they have you doing three things at once so you can present this hot plate with three items on it or so, you know? Yeah. And so even like they have you boil the water before you start chopping the vegetables and that way you once you put the vegetables in, then you have about as much time as you need to like season the chicken in this certain way or whatever. Anyway, so I put on music because it helps me time things in general. And uh, lately, I've I think I finally figured out how to move in a '90s hip hop dance. So this is my music moving me moment. Yeah, but it's yeah. Ta it's taken me years, obviously, to figure it out, and I still go back into my old ways of moving sometimes and I'm like ah I'm thinking too much you know or um, I'm not I'm not in the moment enough but uh once in a while now I think I'm actually like oh this is what I was supposed to be doing in the 90s with my <laughs> body you know it's finally moving me right that's funny I mean to me the appeal of blue apron would be because correct me if I'm wrong I'm assuming they give you just enough ingredients to make a certain amount. That's right. That alone is worth everything because there's nothing like deciding one day that you really need to make chocolate chip cookies and then having to buy a whole thing of flour, a whole thing of brown sugar, a whole and then you never make cookies again. Yeah. And inevitably in a couple of years you throw all that stuff out because it's gone bad. There's less there's less food waste, I think. Um, but also that can be chalked up to still like personal flaws, you know, like you have to keep thinking about flour, you know, so that doesn't yeah. happen. And right. also, um, even though there is less food waste, potentially there's there's more like packaging waste. Yeah, a lot more packaging. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, I totally see that as a downside. That's cool though. Well, congratulations on finding your your hip hop groove for cooking. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I do want to say also about Marsha's testimonial that speaking of scope, you know, we've been talking about scope a lot. When something that you love like that, a piece of music, is performed in such a, not only in a big way by a whole orchestra, but, you know, he specifically mentions the crowd and how important that is, that everybody is connected and everybody goes, ah, when they oh, hear yeah. the opening to, to Zanarkand. Um, that's, what a moment, you know, treasure mm. that forever, because that's something really special. I went to see, I think I've mentioned it before, but I went to see a symphonic performance of the Lord of the Rings um, score back when that was, ha maybe that is still happening, but sometime circa like 2004 or five. Wait, Andy Circus, you mean? Circus? Uh, Just kidding. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say Howard Shore. Um, 
But no, they did a thing at which I think a lot of these, and I'm going to assume Final Fantasy does too, where like they go to a town or a metropolitan center and they take the the orchestra that exists there and they teach them, you know, the whole the whole concert and then they perform it for that area and then they move on to another area, train another set of musicians and perform it there. So I saw the Lord of the Rings performance in New Jersey and what struck me about that experience was that music made me tear up and cry that I didn't expect because I didn't think it was as important to me as it evidently was or at least was in that particular performance like maybe there was something to the way the musicians were delivering a particular song that made it so much more poignant or something but like wow what an experience also marsh you must have had really great seats he was in the like shimamura section right up there that's cool yeah i hope so that'd be funny if shimamura had nosebleed seats <laughs> yeah i know Cool. Well, I actually do have another story about um, being moved by music. Uh huh. But I think I'm going to save that for next week when I play that song uh, on the show. But for now, um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. You're letting me down. You're like the, uh, what do you call those things that. Um, people used to try to find water. They'll stick. Oh, uh, like a, well, is like that I called need to dousing? Use, I think or something. It is called dousing. So dousing rod, I guess. Yeah. I feel like I need to. We need to like. Ooh, let's try that. Okay, so this might be a little bit difficult, but you sound like you're sort of over the dissertation after party at this point. But yeah. I'm gonna pick up your legs. Oh, and my you're legs. gonna walk on your hands. You know. Okay. And we're going to see if we can find the next track. <laughs> Does that sound legit? All right, let's Are let's you ready? Okay. One, two, three. Huh. All right. Here I am. And go. Uh, I, I smell flowers. <laughs> you smell. I smell truffles. Hmm. Strangely compelled to dig under that tree for truffles. Focus. Focus. Oh, wait a minute. I smell... Another recommendation. It's right over here. Oh, great. Oh, we found it. All right, I'm going to put you down. Phew. Nice. That worked. That's crazy. All right, what do we have here? We've got something from Mixing Metaphor Soup. Oh, boy. Okay. Patrons, anybody who's played this, you might want to steal yourself for this next one. I have not, but I am aware of what this does to people. This is from Doki Doki Literature Club. The track is Sayo Nada, composed by Dan Dan Salvato for the PC. Alright, everybody, so get into your get into a little comfort bubble shield for this one. Here we go.
Mixing metaphor soup writes, Doki Doki Literature Club might be my game of the year so far, despite it lasting only a few hours and presenting itself as a very simple and cliche dating sim slash visual novel. Of course, that's partially why it's so brilliant. The characters start off seeming like anime caricatures, but as the game goes on, their complexities and insecurities are revealed and you realize there's more to this game than what it seems. However, I still never expected this moment at the climax of Act 1 to have such an effect on me. I have a strange relationship with the song because I know objectively that it's dissonant and its scene will forever be burned into my mind, but I can't keep it out of my head. That choir twisting the main theme of the game into something just wrong. I can't stop listening to it. Hmm. Patron, someone send help. <laughs> That was me, that he didn't add that, but mixing metaphor soup is being sucked into a vortex, a void. We need to throw down a rope. Hmm, this is a tough one, Emily. We've been discussing lately um, the power of out-of-tune instruments and their effects. Yes, yes! Do you think this one is twisted... I feel like it's uh, trying to convey like a sense of everything being wrong and kind of upside down but also cute at the same time yeah and that's weird because it sounds like by the way everybody sorry about the rope comment i wasn't thinking um but so it sounds like somebody playing a piano like an adult and then there's a little kid sort of like slamming on one of those mm. little tiny multicolored xylophones you know what i'm talking about the ones that have keys that you press Mm -hmm. And it's only got maybe like eight notes on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a little kid like playing along. So I can't get that feeling, that, that sort of scene out of my head. So it does sound cute to me, but yes, I think they're kind of, there's like two layers going on here. It's not just dissonant to sound cute, but it's dissonant to sound cute to sound twisted. Yeah, it's like a ghost baby or something like that. Yeah. Do you know anything about this game, by the way? Um, Literature Club? Yeah. No. Okay, this is a huge sensation on the internet. A cult hit. And um, I have not played it. I have read the synopsis. And it does a lot of really mind-bending things with the gameplay. So it's... uh. I'm not going to really say much about it because it's one of those games that everybody's like, you don't want it spoiled because that will ruin a lot of things. But uh, it does start out seeming like it's a cutesy dating sim and then it goes like pretty hardcore psychological horror on you. Oh. Um, yeah. And so people <laughs> have been really into this. Cool. The, cr the creator actually said that this game was born of his love-hate relationship with anime. I thought that was kind of interesting. Sorry for anybody who's having trouble with this. Like, this game has legitimately really disturbed people. And, uh... Mm. You know, I have a friend who... said that it was a struggle to play and that he had no idea why anybody had recommended it to him because he struggles with some of the same themes that come up in certain parts of the game. And so, uh, very profound experience, apparently. Hmm. Want to say something, but I don't really want to know. I don't want to speculate too much. 
gotta go play it, I guess. Oh, joy. <laughs> yeah, it'll make you stronger emotionally, right? If you can get through it. Maybe? Maybe. Well, you had another story, but I kind of feel like if you have a story, we should change the music to something. Oh, no, uh, I did. Are you talking about the music um, moving my body? Oh, no, you said you were going to wait for another yeah. episode entirely. Okay. I'm going to wait for that because I'm going to actually play that track. That's right. Tell okay. you the story about I got it. it. And you can. I'm just worried about what I'm worried about is our patrons being traumatized by having to listen to this over and over and over again. <laughs> I don't think the song itself is traumatizing. Um, but can it be separated from the experience? I oh, don't know. Oh, that's interesting. So you think some people are just uh, PTSD right now? I think so. Hmm. In that case, so. maybe we should just try to get out of this crazy zone. Okay. All right. Or at least act one, move on to act two. Yeah. Well, all right. The dousing thing worked really well. So how about mm. well, I lift you up again? How about a, <laughs> I got another idea. Oh, okay. Let's use this um, cherry blossom branch. What do you say? Oh, all right. Yeah. Maybe we can follow its petals, see which way they're blowing. So we're just gonna, you're gonna hold it out and shake it? Well, if I just hold it just like this, I think you can kind of see which way the breeze is blowing. Oh, okay, Sit. I see. Yeah, so we don't have to pick you up, we can just use it. That's smart. <laughs> it's a lot less invasive. All right, following the petals. All right, here it is. Oh, wow. A hole in the ground. How did we not see that there? Well, it's covered in a lot of cherry blossoms. Oh, that's true. Well, cool. All right. Well, that's our gateway to Act Two. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we jump down what seems to be a very deep hole, let us thank the patrons who recommended the tracks today Super Kicks All Day Long, Mendozerman, Joe P., Joey Koki, Marsh, and Mixing Metaphor Soup. And of course, special thanks to Electric Boogaloo vetting our composers in the office and also JT for not only putting together that dissertation but for managing the karaoke lounge and to everyone else who's written in and submitted suggestions keep them coming working on a thesis keep that going yeah go to our website also the vgmjukebox.com and click the suggest a track button or go to submit.thevgmjukebox.com and send your recommendation our way. You can also send us an email at intercoin at the vgmjukebox.com or snail mail at the VGM Jukebox, P.O. Box 26959, Los Angeles, California, 90026. You can follow us on Twitter at VGMJB. Uh, if you want to find us individually, you can follow the breeze that way to find Josh at Joshadachi again, or you can follow the pedals that way to find me at Keyglyph. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any podcatcher. And please remember to rate and review us at the iTunes store. Join the group on Facebook at facebook.com. Facebook.com. Don't com. go to facebook.com. Facebook.com. It's a virus. Slash groups. Slash the VGM jukebox. What? I don't know why facebook.com is a virus. <laughs> com. Yeah, slash the VGM jukebox. And be sure to check the bulletin board at the end of the episode to see what music and video game and podcast-related projects your fellow patrons are up to. If you want to be on the bulletin board, let us know through Facebook, email, 
calling, sending us mail, showing up at our door. Writing us letters, yeah. Yeah. And we will see you next week, wherever that leads. And as you all know by now, you mean so much to us. And you always will. Bye bye. Feeling a little bit weird about this hole, though. <laughs> um, well, I brought the toboggan this time. Oh, nice. Good thinking. All that inventory management you did before. There you go. Nice. I feel great about it. Here we go. Let's go.